Hey everyone, welcome to the Sneaker History Podcast, where we dive into the people, stories, and iconic moments that have helped make sneakers a global phenomenon. If you've ever told someone that you like their kicks, then you're in the right place. Before we lace up this episode, here's a little teaser for you. Stick around to the end of each episode for the last shot question. It's a chance to test your sneaker knowledge and engage with our community. I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com slash newsletter for a weekly deep dive into the biggest topics in the sneaker business. All right, now that the business is taken care of, grab your favorite pair of kicks and let's get started with the episode. Jordan trying to shake off Starks. Oh, what a move! Against Gill, the crowd on its feet. Allen for the win! Yeah! What up, what up? Welcome back to the Sneaker History Podcast. Got my guys Rowett and Robbie with me tonight to talk some kicks, talk some talk some uh some good things happening actually in the footwear world between uh some Nike and Foot Locker. So anyway, what's going on guys? How you guys doing? I was let you All go, bro. How you doing? Okay, fair enough. I'm doing well, Robbie. How are you? How's everything in your side of uh, East Portland? It's good. I just had a killer burger. If you've ever been around Portland or in the Moda Center where the Blazers play, they have a killer burger. And I got the peanut butter, pickle, bacon, cheeseburger. Let me say wow. that again. Peanut what? butter, <laughs> bacon, pickle, cheeseburger. Did There's that also have any mayonnaise of... and like a little bit of onion on there too. It's fine. It's Is... <laughs> it's the best. I was gonna say the peanut butter always gives me Elvis vibes because the peanut butter banana combo has always been associated with Elvis. So it always is, but the pickle and the meat. Like the patty is just it's kinda like a smash style patty, so there's a little bit of crust around the end of it, and the bacon's nice and crispy. So when you have those contrasting the soft velvety i'm gonna get really intimate um the soft creamy peanut butter there's a little bit of mayonnaise on there too it's just and the bun's perfectly toasted the fries are always perfectly salty so if you have too much peanut butter richness going on you just get a salty fry and basically i'm fresh out that coma we started recording at six i think i stopped eating at like six fifty um five fifty four or something so like it's fresh in me but i'm feeling good how about you, Nick? I talked way too long. Hey, I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm definitely curious about the burger. I don't. It sounds really weird, but I'm one of those people that, as long as it's not still alive, I'm willing to try just about everything. So, um, I, I'd give that a shot. You know, one one day it's going to be safe to travel. I'm going to be back in Portland. You know, we're all gonna we're all gonna get together, and we're not going to shout out the Indian pizza place until they pay up, but we're going to get Indian pizza. We're going to get burgers and that ramen spot. I'm, I've been thinking about it a lot lately. Cause I, I hit the, the Asian market and got a bunch of like ramen, which is like one of my absolute favorite things to do. Like I weirdly enough, like I love just like the cheap 20 cent top ramen, but I also love like everything up and down. Essentially if it's ramen, Anywhere up and down the scale, I'm in. Like, I have no... 
it's almost like pizza for me. Pizza, pizza in any form is always good. Burritos in any form is always good. Any of those three types of foods, I'm okay. So, um, I guess we should probably talk about sneakers though, since that's what this podcast is actually normally about. Although, I was gonna say, if you're in the Discord, we might actually talk about food more in the Discord with the you know 80 to 100 people that are in there with us than we do sneakers. Although, I have to say. This week, or let's say the last two weeks, there's been some seriously fire on foot pictures in the "What Did You True. Wear Today" channel. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull um, articles for the for the court because um, there's just a couple. I was like, okay, damn, I see you. Like, it's always nice to see people with really rare shoes on foot that live really far away, and you would never see them in person. So it's like, okay, yeah. So Reggie. Um, triple six sneaks have the uh, blue lobsters on, just like casual yeah. blue lobsters. Gregatron with the really crazy pump fury. I thought I could bait people into leaving comments on Instagram about the pump fury because that's a polarizing <laughs> shoe. Um, so it I is. thought I'd put that out there. Um, some good fourteens by USMC twenty eight thirty four. You got the Broncos by Matt dot C. Pardon me dot mcd i haven't seen broncos in a very long time bronco dunk to be specific um we have undead stock them and the reese forbes high i'm gonna stop there that that's too hot too much good stuff yep now from yeah man i was just gonna say Go andrew's uh, lebron nines for the miami colorway fuego and then I would be remiss if not to mention our fourth compatriot who recently got a pair of Kobe sixes and just had a photo shoot in his palatial estate. So, Mike, good on you. Hopefully the uh, <laughs> shoes are unwet, so to speak. And dragging no, they're the dripping. <laughs> dripping in the good way. Of course. Of course. Apologies. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's been really, uh, it's been really dope to like have that community, man. I, I'm just so stoked to have everybody in there and, and being able to talk to people and actually got into like some, some good conversation around fitteds and uh, stuff like that too. So it's, to me, it's like you end up talking about it's, it's the perfect analogy for sneakers in real life, right? Like Robbie and I would talk about sneakers on the internet, but like if we were to see each other, we'd almost not talk about sneakers at all. It'd just be like, all right, let's go eat. Like we're going to go, we're going to go to these places. We're going to do all this stuff. We're going to go grab food. And we would just like hang out, right? And like that's kind of how the Discord works, right? You come in for the sneakers, and next thing you know, you're like sharing recipes, buying people like random collectible toys, ra- ra- nah. random hats. Full stop, though, Nick. Turn around. <laughs> Is it a fitted right now? Okay, oh, I, I had to make sure. Oh. I had to oh, make sure. Yep. And that's so true. If you hang out with me in person, I hate talking about shoes, unless I'm excited and want to talk to them, like. It's so funny. It's like a, it's total bias. Like if you wouldn't want to initiate a shoe conversation, I'm gonna be like, yeah, 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 sure, those are cool. But like if I want to talk about something I'm excited about, like, hey, sit down. I have a story for you. So I know I do that, and I'm sorry, Just putting that out there. <laughs> it's all good. It's it's part of the joys of being your friend, Robbie. I mean, it's not just I, I shut you down, but just in general, I don't want to talk about shoes. Even my own shoes. Like, oh, let's go check up your collection. Go check out the collection. It's like, sure, man. I'm going to sit down here. Like, you can go look through it. Just don't steal anything. Kidding. <laughs> I, I, uh, 
I do have to say though, the the spreadsheet, the detailed oh, yeah. organization amongst the group, people that keep their sneaker collection documented like in order documented in spreadsheets that's super impressive to me like i would love to get to that level of organization in all all in any aspects of my life to be honest because i'm 100 percent not that i'm all over the place like i have certain things that i use reminders for and certain things that i use notes for and it's like i can get the stuff done that i need to get done but in terms of like if somebody had to replace me in my own life oh. good luck with that but i feel like spreadsheets I don't know. Maybe if if you're listening to this, are you a, are you a spreadsheet? Like, do you categorize your shoes on a spreadsheet? Like, also to see somebody using, you know, like not just the shoes, but like the you know multiple shoes, skews, the screenshots, skews, screenshots of where they got them or or where, what they bought, where they bought them, um, dividing them up by brands, dividing. You know, like I love that stuff. Like, I love. I just wish I could like be doing it when we have shoe tistics on maybe he can kind of enlighten us on his ways because i feel that's his entire dark art and dark magic that he can kind of set us up with a nice macro or a nice template for us for the holiday so shoe tistics no pressure but please hook your boy up especially the one in the middle <laughs> nodding furiously so to quote ron burgundy it's mind bottling when it, when i see that kind of like organization because i feel like a i feel like michael jordan when i organize stuff by like brand generally i'm like oh okay the reebok's kind of adidas for right now until baron davis takes it so it's just like uh, they're kind of going to be in a pile over there i couldn't imagine like real documentation of my collection could you imagine nick if you could go and see what like this every shoe you've owned because I, I know you don't tend to get rid of oh, as much so but good. i've gotten rid of so many if i could see my laundry list i would like literally check myself yeah. i'd be like it might scare me out of shoes if I saw what's in there now and if I knew what I had in the past. So it'd be like, whoa, bro, you're sick. Peace. <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, that's the crazy part, right? I think about like, I, I definitely hang on to more things than I get rid of. But like, I'm also, I mean, you know, like I, I've sent shoes to people for years now because it's just like, look, I... I love this, but I don't need to own all of these things. Like I'm very like much, if somebody is really into a shoe, like let them have it, you know, like, and I think that's also like how the discord seems to work, right? Like people are not like fighting each other to get stuff. It's like, if people really want something, they usually end up helping other people to get it anyway. So, um, yeah. I was, I was but, just going to say, there's no greater feeling when you're looking for a specific <laughs> shoe. Oh my you. goodness gracious. <laughs> I didn't even see them. All right. It's just all funny because right. we're talking about like all these shoes we have, and I've literally been rocking these for like <laughs> with Nike ah. socks, my pale ass ankle, with his real tree Crocs. Like, no, no joke. I somehow put that swoosh on the Croc, and I was like, I didn't know Nike made Crocs. When was this collab announced? It's the new sock and, dart. Yeah, it's it's the sock dart Roshi Run collab we always wanted, but not really. And it's one of those things where I think this is probably as as much of a high point as what we're rocking and what we're hoping to cop can ever get with not, uh, with Robbie wearing the Nike Crocs, so to speak. So well done, Robbie. You've won this round and probably the next five. Yeah, it's funny because like I brought a shoe and I was gonna lie to everybody, like, yeah, I've been wearing these. Nah, it's a lie. I've been wearing my Crocs. Like, yeah, honestly, I uh, I mean, speaking of the rocking and copping, I I haven't 
put on a pair of shoes today, I don't think, because I haven't gone outside. The girlfriend has been taking the dog out today because I've been working a lot. So um, I, uh, I'm i wearing some Saucony socks. I, I'm not I'm not flexible enough to throw them up on camera. But if I was, you could probably catch me on OnlyFans. So. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm cosplaying as Ashley Rowe because I also did not go the shoe route today. So in the interest as of not violating the YouTube's decency policy, I will keep my feet below ground just for that. But if any of the Discord ever act up, best believe we're going to get a 15-minute video episode only of just my feet. So you've been warned. On a more serious note, I I do do Peloton at a random time every day, and I do wear my um, on Cloud X shoes, my running the running shoes. They're so like they they clip, they don't clip in obviously, but the grooves of the on fit in very nicely into my pedals, so to speak. So I really do wear a pair of shoes every day, but they're busted. I'm not gonna go like, hey, look at these busted ons like. This is cool. The Crocs are cooler. It's tough wearing shoes. It is tough wearing shoes. What? what? But what are you guys looking to cop? Anything interesting? Uh, I just got something. It's not a shoe, but the and I shudder to do this because we've got a very dignified Laker fan. I just got the KG biography. And it's really interesting oh. because this this uh, what is it? Spine of the book is like this. So. My bookcase is forever going to intimidate me now because I'll have KG's piercing gaze look at me whenever I'm just lacking on the couch. Could you imagine trying to get intimate? That's pretty and dope. You just look over. You're like, ah. <laughs> no, here's what's going to happen. If that happens, I just know that KG yelling anything is possible actually is true because I'm there with late my lady. So there you go. <laughs> anything is. I mean, that's the one. And this is a total bullface lie. That's the one good thing Kevin Garnett's ever done. I prefaced it by saying I'm lying, so that's that's that. I'm on I'm on detention with buying shoes. So, um, Sweet Souls three hundred three on the Discord, um, hit me with the alley oop on the UNLV dunks for retail, and I was like, thank you, thank nice. you, kind sir. And then Gregatron hit me with the Cool Gray three for retail because I also took an L on that. It's like two for two for retail, and then. Shout out, shout out to Centre uh, Dallas because I got my freshwater Griffies from them. So it's like, ah, oh, I actually got all three. Like I wanted all three of those shoes really bad, and I didn't buy anything else. Like I would say unnecessary. Maybe buying three pairs of shoes in like eight days is unnecessary <laughs> to some people. Maybe it's not. But I, 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 I pushed away all the like the on sale stuff. I see, you know, you're scrolling through Instagram, you see something on sale, it's like no. No, no, no. And I got the three shoes I've been talking about for, for forever. So That's dope, man. Shout out to the Discord, man. I feel like we've just gassed up the Discord the entire episode, but that's how good it's been it lately has. too. Like where else are where else are you gonna get people buying you shoes for retail or buying you shoes on their sneakers account and giving hey, them to you for retail? I'm on, on I mean <laughs> it helps them out because it shows they're hitting on sneakers and sneakers will then give them more hits later. And I return the favor. I ret um, every Saturday, I typically enter for other people, too. Just whatever goes yep. around comes around. But I, I'm in detention. Like no more copping until those Kobe sixes Mike <laughs> bought early come out to the masses. Yeah, those are those are dope. Uh, I I haven't picked anything up, but I I really like the. Uh, I mean the SB Dunk. Uh, I think it's like. 
Club 58 or something, but it's basically like the golf uh, like paint scheme from the Porsche world. Uh, just like a light blue with orange and tying cars and sneakers together. I feel like that's basically just has my name on it. Like Nick should own this kind of thing. So that's, that's the one that I'm kind of looking at. Hopefully I think it drops in March. So keep an eye at the local skate shops to see if I can enter into the raffles there. What about yeah, you? I just looked that up, Nick. That is a beautiful shoe. Uh, goodness gracious. And yeah, right. It's a, Great colorway. Yeah, and yeah, to your point, it just says it's going to release this March via the Nike web store. So, hey, as long as the dreaded S-word is not involved, right. we may have a shot at it. Yeah, maybe so. Yep. All right, well, uh, let's see. What what do we got next? We some got news. Um, We got some news. I guess before we get into news, let's get into what was happening in sneaker history this week uh, previously. So... You're going to listen to this probably on March 1st or later. That means that Chris Webber's celebrating a birthday. Uh, that means that Wilt Chamberlain uh, scored 100 points. The famous 100 points photo that you see him holding the card happened on March 2nd, uh, I think. When was that? I don't have the date in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that he was on the... Was it? That was back when the Philadelphia was the Warriors, right? I believe right? so, but I'll check think so then we got a uh, lebron dropping 61 62 go ahead 62 all right man that's crazy it's also crazy that nobody else has like actually scored I-, I mean kobe in the 81 the closest thing right but like it's not even i close. feel like there's been other people there's been other people that are uh capable of of getting up there in terms of points, but not, I don't know. Maybe, maybe no. I'm off. Maybe I'm off. I feel like everybody now plays other than like, uh, like a Steph or a clay or somebody like that. That's just bombing from three point land. I feel like everybody plays a much more well-rounded game now, even Kobe, right? Like I'm sure, I don't know what the stats are, but I'm sure even when Kobe scored 81, he probably dished out six assists and grabbed like five or six boards and had a few steals. I doubt that Wilt, I'm not looking at his stat line, but I doubt that Wilt had too many nice stats to go along with 100. It's it's wild because I realize how long I've been in quarantine when I had a Wilt argument with myself on the couch a couple of days ago. I kid you not because I was thinking about that. It's like 81 is close, but in like grand scheme of basketball – that's 19 points. That is not close. Like, it's close when Wilt, Wilt, Kobe, Wilt, you know, like stuff like that's happening. Yeah, you're close. But, like, Wilt is so mind-boggling, and nobody ever brings him up because you bring up the era and so many deteriorating factors from his greatness people try to put on. But Wilt is a freak of nature athletically like LeBron is – like others will be in the future. Like Wilt is just a one of one specimen of man. So yeah, he's playing against smaller, inferior players who could actually hit you because the game was different. Like sure, there wasn't a three point line. Maybe it was a little more barbaric looking, but it was played more barbarically too. Like free elbows, like checking, like and when Wilt in any era, when somebody's hot, you're gonna try to 
stop him by any hard fouls. So, like, imagine Wilt not getting the easiest of buckets. And when you look at his almost any NBA record, it's like Wilt, Wilt, somebody, Wilt, somebody, somebody, Wilt, (laughs) Wilt, Wilt, Wilt. It's just, it's insane. He makes no sense. And in Chucks. Like, what the hell? Like. Yeah. Well, and and even even further down the craziness of Wilt is that he played most of his career – against Bill Russell and lost yeah. most of like, like Bill Russell has what 11 rings or something, not to bring up anything bad about the Lakers, but what 11, I think it's 11 rings now. No, Wilt ha- or, no or Bill had rings? 11 on his own and he sunned. Well, Bill sunned everybody. The yeah. Celtics sunned everybody. I, I don't care if you're, um, yeah, Bob Pettit. I don't care who you are. You got sunned. Like <laughs> it's crazy. 11 rings. That's, that's, but they're the first team to figure out you got to have a squad instead of just like, Oh, we have Wilt. We're going to put like this meat butcher who works on the side (laughs) and plays basketball on Tuesdays and Fridays. Like it's it's... shout out to the meat butchers hooping on Tuesdays and Fridays though. Those are my guys. (laughs) Listen, man, these cuts aren't going to sell themselves. So if you can drop a cool 15 and then move some, Spumoni on the side? Why well, not? Chucks, man. So the All-Star came out in 1917. Let's bring it back to shoes before I hand it back to Nick really quick. 1917. Wilt does this in 1962. Can you think about trying to play in basketball tech like that far away? Especially an NBA-level athlete who's going to expect and be like, this yeah. shoe doesn't hit my doesn't hit my arch right. I, I can't wear it. I'm going to pull a hamstring. No, Wilt was dunking on people in Chucks. 50-year-old tech. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. So I I brought up the box score from both of the games. So which one do we want to talk about first, the Wilt game or the Kobe game? Because I think the Wilt game is something to be seen. So I'll ask both of you. We know Wilt scored 100 points during that game, but do you know what the total Philadelphia Warrior output was for that night? 118. Yeah, I'm guessing it's in the 120 range. 169. Okay. That's, that's not bad, that's right? Much yeah. more impressive. For the, there was for the entire squad. I, I wouldn't have expected that. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. And then the other crazy thing about Wilt, and Robbie's kind of alluded to it in the past as well, is he was a prolific rebounder, probably the most prolific of his era, not named Russell. In that game, he got a pretty substantial 32 rebounds. Holy it's shit. video game numbers. Damn. Okay. I totally undersold the, the 100, yeah, no, there's man. The, like, and I, there's a couple... the, the internet has ruined me forever. All I think about is when, when I see that 100 is how many... Girls that Wilt hooked up with. Time that by 15. (laughs) No, the other crazy part about it was, if I remember correctly, Wilt's Achilles heel might have been his free throwing, but at this particular game, he'd shot 28 for 32 at the line. And I think that's probably the secret sauce to that 100-point game. And I do think we might get somebody, if I had to make a prediction, I would say probably James Harden because of his ability to shoot the three as well as his ability to draw the fouls. And yeah, so... Pretty good job by Wilt Chamberlain. The other stat of note is his point guard, Guy Rogers, averaged 20, or not average, he got 20 assists that night. And I'm wondering how many of those were non-Wilt Chamberlain related baskets. Zero. And then from a Kobe perspective, (laughs) Kobe matched Wilt's assist total from their games. They both had two assists on the nights of their big, big matchups. And Kobe also had two steals and ten, six total rebounds. So he was also doing okay, and six rebounds maybe adjusted is comparable to Wilt, but probably not. But 
something to behold is the fact that we had gargantuan performances by both of these men. So kudos to Kobe and kudos to Wilt because that is just something that's enthralling. And the last stat to kind of hold your hat on was there were only 4,124 people that were in attendance of Wilt Chamberlain's game. In and Rochester, the reason why right? he held, yes. And the reason why he held up the hundred was there was no actual footage of the game being played, so they thought the best way to document it was to have Wilt hold up a sign that said 100. It's fantastic It's knowledge. close, but it's not close at all. Kind of like another birthday. Well, you already brought up Chris Weber, right? Well, yeah, but hold on. I want to throw out one thing about Kobe's 81-point game because I discovered this last year doing some research. Can you name the starting five for the Lakers during that game, Chris Mim, Aaron McKee, <laughs> yep, um, no, nope. Devin George, <laughs> nope, no, Luke Walton, no, Luke Walton was starting right next nope. to Chris Mim, nope, Luke's oh, on the bench. man, Lamar Odom, yep, um, yeah. Smush Parker, yes, <laughs> yep, ah, um, Stephen A. Smith and Michael Jordan would be very upset if you didn't get the last, yeah, <laughs> yeah right, oh no. Um, not Aaron McKee, not Chris. Oh, Kwame Brown. Oh no! Oh, it's the six eighty-one <laughs> plus one. Yeah, two point. Oh no! See, Kwame's so forgettable. I, yeah, that's the most. Oh, I can't believe. Oh, slap myself. It's that. all good. Yep. I'm very impressed. You got the other four, and you also named two members off the bench. And I think if we gave you a couple more tie, uh, tries, you would have probably got Sasha Vujicic, oh, yeah, the Brian Cook, and Devin Green. So. Yes. Kudos, yeah. Robbie. I mean, so it's it's no wonder that that Kobe only had two assists. Like, I, I would have shot forty six times playing with those guys, and I'm not even good at basketball. Yeah. <laughs> so Chris Webber, speaking of not being good at basketball, <laughs> I, ho- I hope I never meet him. I'm just like, if or, you do, just call timeout and run away. Or I meet him. So- I hope I, I hope I meet him sober because I, I met. Dick Vitale is hammered drunk, and my photo with Dick Vitale is me. It's all blurry, and <laughs> it's Dick Vitale. <laughs> you can tell it's me still, but I was just way too drunk to beat Dick. He was nice, but anywho, I'm just I'm I'm cut off for the night. Go ahead. <laughs> oh man, okay. Last last couple of things on the on this week in sneaker history. You got LeBron dropping 61 back in 2014. Um, that's probably LeBron's highest Against scoring the Bobcats? game. Bobcats. Think so. And then you got Akeem Olajuwon Oof. with a quadruple double in 1990, which is just bananas to think that. Um, I think I think uh, we just posted about David Robinson. Uh, David Robinson's quadruple double. What was that like? Two weeks, a week ago? So two weeks ago? So they literally two weeks apart? Something like that. Very close. Almost as imp- I guess not though, because it was it was it was later in. I think it was like 94, 95 that Robinson did it. So. Only five players have ever done it. So obviously Hakeem. David Robinson, Nate Thurman. Most people know that. Alvin Robertson of the Phoenix Suns, I believe. Um, well, I believe that's who he played for. Um, and then, last but not least, uh, I forgot the last one. This list isn't loading fast enough. But almost as impressive as Draymond Green's pointless triple double. I think that's more impressive than a quadruple double. How do you not score in an NBA game but do so much to get a triple double? It's wild. Yeah. That's that's impressive. Anywho, shoes. Yep. (laughs) 
So uh, we don't have any reviews to read. So if you're uh, out there in the, uh, the 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 abyss that is the digital networks that connect us, otherwise known as the internets, shout out to Dallas Penn. Internets. Uh, leave us a review on, on Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever. We're actually on Audible now, too. If you're an Audible listener, you can listen to the Sneaker History Podcast on through your Audible app. Um, just search for Sneaker History. You could hit that little like button on there, too, because uh, I think it's so new that nobody else has. And I feel weird liking my own shit, so I'm not going to do it. But appreciate you guys. You don't ever look back in the bowl? <laughs> Oh, man. All right. So uh, I'm going to slide right past that one. <laughs> but um, so we actually got some some pretty good topics. But uh, I think Robbie had a couple of uh, good good releases to talk about before we get into the more uh, the other topics that we were going to discuss. There's some so news to be had. I'm toss it to you. I know Rowett was feeling yeah. the shoe, but the Cosmic Unity just released. And the first oh, colorway no that dropped a couple weeks ago not a couple weeks ago, but on February 26th, um, is like that black kind of cosmic moon green. Do you think this design's going to stay around? Is this a sustainable design from Nike? Or is it a one-time, cool it released? What do you think? I think it will, because I think sustainability matters. I know it's kind of become a punchline for some of us that are more smart-ass inclined, but... It's shown us in all these different industries that people care about how you get the product that you're wearing or using. And if it can be made responsibly, then it holds up and it almost adds a layer of authenticity and a layer of trust between consumer and the provider. So I think it will. But that being said, like, what were the Space Hippie colorways? Like, I remember seeing that the Space Hippies had colorways kind of dropping almost monthly. Is that accurate? And how is that shoe kind of doing? Because I think that'll be the comparison point to use to determine if the Cosmic Udini is here to stay. What about you, Nick? Uh, I have mixed feelings on it because it's... I feel like this is like a, a typical brand approach, right? Where like it's pitched as this like sustainable, you know, design and recycled materials, but it's a really small percentage of what they're actually using that's recycled materials. So as much as I actually like the design, I like the, I like a handful of the colorways. The original colorway is pretty dope. I forget the, uh, I think it's like the, um, like that purple and green, what was the name of it? I don't remember the, the name of it. Um, but like that other bright colorway looks super dope to me. So like the shoe itself, I like, I could get behind. Hopefully they're actually on sale and, and I can scoop a pair at some point. But I don't know if it, I don't know if it's, it's one of those shoes that the design is almost too, it's almost too bold to be a long-term thing, right? Like the, the, the quote creators that they're, they're referring to, like on the, that like basically they've just tunk it, taken like chunks out of the midsole. I think it looks super dope, but I don't think that like the average consumer is, is you know, ready for that much dr drama in their sneakers. I, I agree. I think it's too out there. It's not out there in a way that like a hyperflight is. It's like, I think 10 years down the road, we'll look at, oh, look at that 2011, I mean, 2021 shoe. 
It's so 2021. You know, this shoes look futuristic at the time, and then 10 years later, they're dated, you know? So I think it's a great idea. Like Rowett said, sustainability is a fantastic thing. Every brand is trying to get more into that. So all of those factors are fantastic. But it's from a look standpoint, I definitely agree with what Nick is saying. Um, here's another one that's kind of like a mix of new and old. It's the Reebok Monster Trez. So it's like a pump Montrez Harrell Laker basketball shoe. I can't think of the last time Reebok released like a performance, not Reebok Classics, but a performance basketball shoe. That's not a retro, something new. And I'm pretty excited about these because Montrez is my guy now, officially. Once you're a Laker, you're my guy. So I'm feeling the shoe. It's it's a design where it might be too crazy for people, but it's also in the same vein as like an Insta Pump Fury. So a lot of people are gonna like it too. Have you two seen that shoe? Have any vibe for it yet? I haven't seen the shoe, but I'm all about the out there shoe because I think that was kind of what brought me into the sneaker community because growing up in rural Missouri, you just saw a lot of chucks, you saw a lot of team bank shoes and I would kind of go out of my way to find the most outlandish shoes possible to wear. And that's what being a part of the sneaker community is to me. So if you're describing it and the fact that Montrez Harrell has one thing always characterized about his plays, it's energy. I'm just assuming this is the most vibrant and out there shoe that there is. And on principle alone, I think it's at least worth a cop on terms of the potential. I, I, uh, I don't know that I, I, I don't know if I like it or not. I still am kind of on the fence. Like the color that he wore, the Lakers colorway that he wore is definitely not the one for me, but I like, I love weird shoes like that. Like the Insta Pump Fury is one of my favorite shoes ever. Like I've got way too, I've got more of those shoes than most people have shoes. Like I have like a crazy obsession with it. Um, but I think the, I think like as more colorways pop up and he starts wearing different stuff, like I'll probably find one that I like. Cause I, I actually really like the, like just the brash, bold colorways that they're throwing on shoes for him, especially um, the uh, the question PE that he got last year. Um, shout out to Xavier if you're listening. Um, Xavier Jones at Reebok did a lot of the work on that and um, those colorways and that and such. I think they did like a, they're doing a great job of like making people pay attention to the Reeboks that are on court in ways that are aligned with the player's vibe where a lot of times the brands want you to notice like the cosmic uh unity is is a great example right like that shoe is going to stand out on court because it's pretty wild looking but the stories have nothing to do with the athletes wearing them and and that's one thing that i i love about where reebok is at with like tying in the retro stuff tying in the design elements of the retro product into this new shoe um to me that's really like one of the only ways you're going to find success as a company who's removed themselves completely from, you know, performance basketball. Or the what one. was it? The question legacy? Like that yeah. had a mix yeah, that... of all the old stuff in a new packaging. And I thought that I still think that shoe looks dope. Nobody bought it, but it's, you know, a good looking shoe. So we'll have to see how this one does. I have two more for you. This one's a really quick one. It's more of a question for Nick. Because he sent out a picture of this shoe, and it just released by the time this episode is airing. 
It's the clock kiss of death Air Max 1. It's the retro. Are we still doing clear shoes? This released initially back in 2006. I looked at it and it made me want to barf. All the Air Force 1s, the, um, the was it um, Delta Forces or Air Force 2s, they also did some clear ones of those. Clear shoes have always been dumb. Are we still doing clear shoes in 2021? Are you doing clear shoes in 2021? So, I I don't think I would ever wear a clear shoe. Uh, I think that the I'm pretty sure the original Kiss of Death. I wrote about this for for the Sneaker Throne blog um, a couple weeks ago, and I'm pretty sure the original Kiss of Kiss of Death for Clot was like literally one of the like first Air Max ones that anybody ever collaborated on, and that's what I think made it special because they, you know, I think as a boutique especially just getting like imagine you own a boutique nike is like okay let's do a collaboration your first your first thought is probably like well i need to do something that's safe enough to sell out so i get to do more stuff with nike right and clot was like we're gonna put a translucent outsole on it we're gonna put clear panels on the upper nike's probably like what the like nobody's gonna you know but they went all in, right? And I think that's what's super dope about it, especially just knowing that they're just, I can't remember officially if, you know, what came before that, but that's the first Air Max One collab that I can think of. Um, and it's pretty, it's pretty ballsy to go, you know, that crazy with it. But they also tied in like, you know, stories, I think, so their store at that time, the store, the only store they had was probably Hong Kong. And, you know, the, the, tying in like the like like more traditional chinese medicine and all those like details probably made it to where like no matter how crazy it was even if you didn't want clear shoes there was going to be enough people interested in the shoe and the story behind it to sell out whatever they did so to me like it's dope in that way i definitely am not somebody that's going to wear any any kind of transparent shoes row it you wearing them i completely being transparent here but in boom nah not for me but they are very exciting to look at and if somebody in my crew would wear them i'd definitely hype them up and be like hey man that that shoe goes that shoe goes hard in the paint so not for me probably because i also have a bad tendency sometimes not to wear uh socks when i wear shoes so once again violating that youtube policy (laughs) that we have aforementioned probably not man i I'm a, you're going to hype up a friend. I'm going to cook them for those busted socks. Like, man, get out those Hanes. Um, and I should have my sneaker card revoked. It was the Air Force 2 Espos. Oh, yeah. Espos, I was like, yeah. oh, I, it's not a, yeah. I got on the second tribe, not the first. Yeah, well, you had like the, the Espos, probably the first clear one, right? Then you had the Kiss of Death, and then you had the Invisible Woman Air Force 1. I think those are the three that come to mind. Kyrie the had early one. days of like... Kyrie had a Duke and... But yeah, like there, there's been some weird ones since, right? Really random. And on the last note I have on news is Kith Paris just opened. And again, one of my... This has officially become a grail from the amount of times I've seen them. The Kith Air Force One, this time with a little French flag on the tongue logo, only released in France, only at that store. Breaks my heart. But are you guys okay, or does it bother you? 
let's say it's not this shoe and it's a shoe that you care about that things get region locked yes and no so probably one of my favorite pairs in my collection are the hdm kobe 10s which i believe were milan exclusives and i remember being annoyed that man why can't we get these out in the states it's a dope shoe at the time, I was living that baller bachelor life, so I went ahead and paid a pretty penny to get a pair. But now, as I'm becoming older and more mature and the purse strings are getting tightened, yeah, I think it's unfair because why do I also need to buy a plane ticket on top of buying the shoe itself? So I'm going to be kind of xenophobic and say the Simpsons put it best when they said the French are a bunch of cheese-eating surrender monkeys because they get this awesome shoe and we don't. So. <laughs> well played. Oh, man. Yeah, well played, well played. I, I I honestly think it's cool that stuff gets released all over the place. I think that if if I had a store in whatever city and I wanted to release something specifically for my city, neighborhood, town, whatever, um, I think it'd be super dope. But I also totally understand the frustration in the way that it's done, right? Like Because the collector in me AKA the hoarder in me also looks at it as like, Oh, there's a, there's a Paris version of this. Now I need the New York version. I need the LA version. I need the Paris version. I need the Tokyo version. Like just keep doing it and like pissing me off. But also like, I'm going to probably try to acquire the entire set because that's just like, for some reason wired into my brain, but I'm also trying to grow out of that. So, you know, maybe, making completely unattainable sneaker releases in Paris and building like what I would say is probably one of the most beautiful freaking sneaker stores I've ever seen. Uh, that will somehow push me away from being a fan, but no, not really. I, I'm, I'm still see, a fan. You collect, <laughs> I wear a lot of kith. So I just see the, I see these and I think I get off like, not that I get off, but I would get off a of fit with those like i, I want to wear them so bad but anywho we, we have more important news like bettering communities to talk about than whether or not i can get an outfit off with some pair of shoes so <laughs> yeah but what better way to serve your community robbie than serving as a mentor in a fit sense so i'm here for you getting those french kits and showing the next generation that france isn't just a pro a derogatory term like I was jokingly referring to. They are very nice. They invented cool things like the crepe and freedom and democracy. So I think you are well within your right to aspire that next generation. But I will use this opportunity to segue into a couple of the stories that we had alluded to earlier this uh, show. One is around the fact that Foot Locker is currently joining in on the fight against racial inequality and injustice by announcing a $200 million pledge in support of black communities in America. And now what has happened is they've actually told us where that money is going to. So the retail giant has invested $5 million in a black-led MAC venture capital fund that provided an additional 50, lo uh, 50 Foot Locker Associate scholarships to black team members over the next five years, as well as doubled the number of scholarships for the 2020 and 2021 academic year to the UNCF. In addition, Foot Locker has also created 30 new internships through its Bridge Internship Program, partnered with 34 new black brands and creators for future collaborations. And lastly, and probably one that hits close to home for Robbie and I, because this is based out of Portland, announced a $750,000 commitment to Pencil, building the next generation of black designers. I know Robbie has interviewed Chris Dixon, and we've also talked about Edmund Holmes as 
leaders from that pencil generation. So I think this can only go a long way to further establish that pipeline, so to speak, of getting black creatives in the roles that is so heavily influenced by that culture and that community. So what do you guys think of that? The pencil is awesome because I was just talking to a friend close to pencil and he was saying, man, um, they're close to locking down something and boom, it's been locked. So that's great news. I'll let Nick go ahead, but I just, that anecdote was just really timely when I heard it. And then we see good news and I love good news. So knock on wood. Yeah. I'm, I'm super stoked for it. I think that the, the, beauty in it is also that it's like a crazy diverse investment right it's not just like one pile of money to this one group which oftentimes happens when corporations are trying to kind of keep up on their commitments like this and i think that yeah like pencils obviously if you're in the sneaker world for any amount of time you know it's you know Dwayne edwards and, and the team there are just like changing the way this entire industry works, you know, starting at like a very like basic entry level or basic entry point for designers to kind of get, let them understand the nuances of the business. And, um, you know, like if you are listening to this and you haven't listened to like the outside the box episode with Megan and Wilson, she talks about, you know, going to pencil and, um, I don't know. Do you guys remember the, uh, she, she brought up the, they did a reality show for YouTube Red or whatever it was called back in the day that was at Pencil. It was kind of interesting because I, I totally forgot that they did that. But like four or five years ago, they did a, a uh, like almost like a, a live, uh, not a live, but a, a reality show based on the students at Pencil, um, which, you know, completely irrelevant to this topic. But I thought it was just really interesting to hear about it from somebody who was there and a part of it. Um, and I think that, you know, nothing bad will come from, you know, giving more to more access to the people that, you know, are otherwise kind of left behind in that world. Right. So, um, I think the internship thing is really fascinating too, because it seems to be that it's done in a very partnership driven way where I could see, you know, a lot of these businesses look to, you know, they, they're obviously trying to do good, but they're trying to find ways to benefit from what they're doing as well. And I don't fault them for that. But I think that's kind of interesting to potentially, let's say they, you know, uh, you know, fund, you know, X amount of interns working with X amount of brands. Now you have all these brands that normally might be really challenged to get their products into Foot Locker or Foot Locker owned companies, having an actual conduit for that you know, kind of creativity to flow and actually potentially build a brand much bigger than like, you know, the individuals just trying to hustle on their own Instagram or their own Shopify accounts. So to me, this is like a huge, huge win. And I'm, I'm glad that also like props to Foot Locker for coming out and breaking down how they're giving the money away, how they're funding these things and really like kind of keeping to their word and like being transparent about it, because I think that's another challenge for this like follow through that we're kind of coming to around to with the black lives matter stuff that happened, you know, last spring, summer, whenever it was, and where all these people raise up and say, we're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. But like a lot of times people forget the brands don't talk about it anymore. People move around, things change, nothing happens. And you're like, what happened to that? And you never find out. So I think that's the best part about this is they're like really being 
super transparent about it, saying where it's all going and, and what they're doing. And you can kind of see that it's uh, a really diverse approach. Well, there's Greenhouse, which is like a little baby, a Foot Locker, right? And they do yep. more, like they'll have releases. They just did a pencil release. Um, it was like a Vibram outsole shrouded shoe. I, I just held a pair like a week ago. But they'll release independent shoes like that through through the greenhouse platform. I'm interested to see the evolution or the follow through with these products they say that they're bringing in. Are they bringing it into stores like mainline stores? Are they going to greenhouse? Greenhouse is great. A lot of people don't use it, don't even know it's there. So they need to like push that out more if that's where they're going to be releasing the products from those people. I'm just curious to see if we're going to be seeing, well, I think I'm answering my own question. I don't think we're going to see smaller intimate brands alongside a display case of Nike in a footlocker in a store. So I want to see where that lands. Yeah. I mean, they definitely, they definitely release like the pencil releases are on the site i know there's like four or five of the pencil oh, are there? okay collabs that are available on Foot Locker. but to your point too like i think that i think the same thing right i think that you're you know nike's going to pay for that space right they're going to say we want these shoes up front you walk in you know if you worked in a foot a, a sneaker store of any kind that's a chain you know exactly how that works right like somebody paid for that wall space or they you know, sold you certain shoes that were going to sell out because you gave them a better position or whatever. And that's just a part of the game of retail, right? Like that's why, you know, expensive cereals are at eye level at the grocery store, right? But I actually think that the future of all this stuff is going to be much different. I don't think people, I don't think we're there yet, but I think these types of things could potentially mean that you walk into a footlocker and you have almost like a, a curated and dedicated entrepreneurial section where you're like, these are the up and coming brands. And that also gives Foot Locker a way to highlight these people that are doing this stuff and also test out to see how well the consumer likes the product to where they could eventually grow into something bigger. That's my hope, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's really kind of interesting. Now, for me, I think the most interesting thing is the fact that you're giving kids a fresh start and an early one at that. Uh, growing up, I work a part of the IT industry, and there is a level of mysteriousness associated with that particular industry that you really don't get until you hit your freshman level of courses if you are a complete neutral to the science like I was. And talking to some of my buddies who are in footwear design, they were also initially kind of flummoxed because in their mind, they always kind of knew, okay, I want to be a designer of shoes. What does that mean? So if they're giving these kids the visibility to that infrastructure and to the names that have been mentioned here, Chris Dixon, Edmund Holmes, Dwayne Edwards, those are as great a teachers as a person can get. And I think by giving them a quick glimpse of what their future may look like, it does two things. It lets them know, hey, I'm about this life. And then B, it also gives them probably a greater awareness. So when they are in the Foot Locker and they're looking at those entrepreneurial shelves, they can kind of say, okay, now I kind of have an idea of what goes into getting on that shelf. So I think this is a genius play. Great work, Foot Locker. So. Yeah, and I think like the next one related, you know, Nike is... Um 
also kind of jumping back into their you know commitments that they made uh, in spring summer of last year and a part of their 140 million dollar investment in addressing racial inequality um, is now going to be a million dollar grant to a company called Goal Setter, which is a uh, youth financial literacy platform. Um, an app was founded by Tanya Van Court. Basically, uses digital platforms to engage youth and help them better understand financial well-being while saving for their future, all through fun games and support from celebrities, musicians, and athletes. And uh, I, I mean, I'll throw it to you guys before I before I comment, but. What do you guys think of this one? It's good. I'm going to say it's good because when you're the leader, the biggest brand, like one of the biggest brands in the world, biggest brand in Oregon, I believe, like you can always, I mean, who am I to say you could do more? But it's just, why, why can't it be two different funds or two different initiatives? I know they're donating a ton, but it's like, I don't know. Like, it's not Nike specifically at all. It's brands, and I guess Foot Locker falls into it too. Foot Locker is detailed a much bigger plan, so I'm not gonna give them any flack. But just it's 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 like when you see Walmart commercials and they're like, "We care about our employee," like all the stuff about how much they care about their employees, but they don't give like hazard pay anymore stuff like that so it's like i'm probably generalizing there but just it, it's it's good i'm not gonna like say this is the greatest thing and like bow down but it's good it's much better than walmart walmart's like the example of the bad but it's just it's good i think it is good to paraphrase a wise brilliant man and I think it's a step in the right direction. So we kind of alluded to Nike's going to contribute $100 million to Goal Setter. And kind of the press release that I found said that million is going to go directly into funding 10,000 kids saving accounts with a focus on black youth through the app to help kickstart their financial journey in hopes of reverse, uh, reversing the generational wealth gap. I think about financial literacy when I was in high school and it was at best a like three-week course in an extended class that was just all about money matters. And it was us going through this exercise of no joke, a simulation where each week, which was, I guess, an hour in the grand scheme of things, you had five different debts and then you had five different things that also affected your bank account. And what that exercise involved was us literally writing fake checks and making sure they were sent in on time and doing that. If there is a lack of knowledge around that, I think this is going to be great because I can't speculate on what the modern day kid knows or doesn't know, but if this is something that's reaffirming that behavior and it's got the brownie points of being endorsed by a Nike or an athlete or a musician, and it makes the kids want to do this because they want to get at the same level of the endorsees, there's no wrong in that. The other component of this was the fact that Nike investing a quarter of a million to, I think, seven different cities, including Boston, Chicago, Los Angeles, Memphis, New York City, Portland, and St. Louis. That, to me, means that they're thinking about this not just in one lump sum, but regionally as well, because this is how we as a country are going to get better at this sort of thing. If we tend to focus on our bigger markets like a New York or an L.A., that's great. But then I think what happens to the middle 48 states 
and this is a step in the right direction. And Portland, I guess, is also getting an additional $1 million to local organizations tackling racial inequality. Obviously, I don't know if we're going to get the same level of detail as what we saw in the Foot Locker article, but it's a step in the right direction. And I am cautiously holding my breath that, hey, this is the start of something bigger. But if it's not, or if that sort of next step is delayed, I can at least kind of come back with the fact that, okay, Nike is approaching this in a modern way, and it's not something that feels disingenuous. So, Yeah, I, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it's really hard to say with, you know, knowing everything that goes on, because like, or without knowing everything that goes on, because obviously they're doing a ton of different things that don't necessarily make it to press release level. Um, but I, I think that the most, uh, I'm excited about this one because I think that in general, financial literacy is just something that most people don't get taught in America, right? Like part of why we have such a crazy, you know, difference between the, the wealthy and the not wealthy in the country is because there is no, there is no way to teach it, right? Like we, we don't, or there is no, there's, people aren't actively teaching it in a way that like, it should be an entire course or it should be multiple years of courses, right? Like you can actually find that stuff on the internet and you can become better financially now than you ever could before, but it's still not a part of the education system. And I think that's problematic in itself. But one thing that I really thought was interesting in reading a little bit more in this earlier today, um, the idea that they're that goal setters uh, goal setters goal is to create savings account for every child in America and to basically give them sound financial habits. And I think that to me is like something to get behind. So if if they are moving in the right direction and if you know the the million dollars that they're getting from Nike as an investment is obviously not obviously, but like it's the biggest you know donation that they've had so far. So hopefully this empowers them to do more and to, to, to grow more. And, you know, I think I like the idea of, of companies finding people that are already doing what should be done and, and like empowering them financially. Right. Because let's face it, these companies make billions and billions of dollars, you know, a million dollars from, for Nike is a $20 bill for us. If even that, right. It might be a, it might be a $5 bill for us. Um, that's how much money they make. Right. So it's, it's really nothing, but to, you know, goal setter, I'm sure it's a huge, you know, a huge, exciting, you know, empowering feeling to have somebody give you that type of money to, to move forward with your goals. So, um, I, I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes. So, uh, props to Nike for doing it. I hope, I hope, you know, that we continue to get more, transparency on all this stuff and we kind of get follow-ups and, and things. I think that's something that is kind of missing in the sneaker world right now where we just don't have, we don't even have news like, uh, you know, like a sneaker news, a soul collector, uh, a whatnot. They don't necessarily cover these types of things beyond whatever press release is sent out by Nike. And I think there's a lot of conversation that could be had and should be had publicly where people should be elevating these types of things and saying, Hey, this is what happened from this. Like this is one of the 100 interns or 50 interns from the Foot Locker program. And this is the success that came from it. Or, you know, we, you know, goal setter took that million dollars and, you know, did this, this and that. And now we can be excited about where it's going because 
ultimately there's a, mo a lot more that happens that we're not getting insight into because there's just nobody writing a press release at the brands, in my opinion. So, but all right, well, we were going to talk about some other stuff, but I think, I think we should probably wrap there cause we're at an hour right now. So, uh, we will save the next topics for the next episode. Can I have one but, little ending guy? Uh, yep. So it's all yours. I didn't mean to sound like such a downer. So, my B. Um, <laughs> That's all good. But yeah, I don't think you were a downer at all. Thank you. But I was like, oh, I sound kind of downerish. Uh, when we were looking through the Foot Locker um, article, a StockX ad popped up on the side. Guess how much money they want somebody, and this is multiple sizes. Guess how much on average somebody wants for a pair of Travis Scott PlayStation Dunks? Take a guess. I don't even know. Maybe ten. Give me the most stupid number you, you could think of. Seventy five K. You guys aren't even close. Twenty five million, uh twenty five point five million, twenty three million, thirty five million. Those are real like they're all in like the tens of millions. Every single size. There there aren't many sizes, but like I thought I read a typo. I was reading the footlocker stuff and I was like, wait, what? That's literally That's Russ. Insane. I mean, the most stupid price. I mean, I, so it I, it is dumb, but at the same time, you know, Kim Kardashian is single. Shoot your shot. Like sometimes you just got to take the chance and put it out there. And if somebody says, "Yeah, I'll give you twenty five million," who is the idiot you know, now? Then you pay. Then then you pay you know, $5 million in fees to StockX or something, right? Like, <laughs> no, that's absolutely insane. If you have that kind of money, buy something besides a pair of shoes. I hope the goal setter financial literacy has a scenario like this that we can talk <laughs> through with the youth of America, just so we can say, hey, let's look at this from all angles, because to the point that Nick is saying, we don't want to poo-poo this as something that's dumb, because on the surface, it looks incredibly stupid. But let's approach this from all angles. Let's all determine whether this is a good deal for us to make as potential buyers. And then conversely, even if we're the ones that are flipping this. But yeah, that's a bit much. And the one topic we didn't get to today that we'll probably get to in the future, Top Shot. I feel like this is all a culmination of this cryptocurrency hullabaloo. So there you go. Yep. Shoot your shot, $25 Stocks. million dollar lister. It's those Game Stoppers. <laughs> Next, next, next on next time on sneaker history. <laughs> well, we appreciate you guys rocking with us. Let us know what you think. If you uh, if you have the twenty five million dollars for those Travis Scott dunks, make sure you join the Patreon. Uh, we don't need twenty five million from you; just twelve bucks a month, and uh, you get entered into the giveaways. You get into trivia night. You get into uh, just a great community of people. Otherwise, you can follow us at Sneaker History on all the platforms, and you can follow. Robbie and Rowett, where are you guys at? You can follow me on your own damn time. <laughs> <laughs> Rowett, where can they find you? Uh, you can follow me at RowettM13 on Instagram and Roheasy on Twitter. Nice. Right on. And you can follow myself at Nick Ingvall on all platforms. But more importantly, just follow Sneaker History. And we will catch you on the next episode. Peace. Ichiban. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> hey
Hey, y'all. Nick Ingvall here. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. It really means a lot that you would spend a portion of your week hanging with us. And if there are any ways that we can improve the podcast for you, please leave us a review on iTunes. If you're looking for more content from the Sneaker History crew, head over to patreon.com slash sneaker history and join us for as little as five bucks a month. That also gets you access to our Discord group, which is a lot of fun. Also, make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube channel. We just started uploading our videos there now, so you can watch the video version of the pod and a lot more. Last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. It's a small gesture that can go a really long way to making somebody's day a little bit better. Thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Hey, hey, Nick here again. Before you take off, I want to thank you for listening to the Sneaker History Podcast. Be sure to hop into our Discord to answer this episode's The Last Shot question and get to know our community of sneaker enthusiasts. If you'd like more insights on the trending topics in the sneaker world, I've also recently started a newsletter to share my knowledge from nearly two decades of experience working in the footwear industry. You can find the link to that below or go to sneakerhistory.com newsletter. And last but not least, tell someone you like their kicks today. You never know how far a simple compliment can take you, and we all know how good it feels to be on the receiving end of some appreciation. Thank you for all the support, and we will catch you on the next episode. Peace.